Hello everyone and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host, Tyler Callahan. First off, I would like to apologize for the late release of the episode. I'm already working on the other episodes that I'm behind on as well, and they will be coming out shortly over the next few days. As for this episode, we got the latest box office numbers to talk about, new films in development, and because cans going on, we got films being bought. Let's talk about the numbers first. It was a weak weekend for new releases, so staying in first place is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness with 61 million for a total of 291.6 million. In second place is The Bad Guys with 6.9 million for a total of 66.2 million. Third place was Sonic the Hedgehog 2 with 4.5 million for a total of 175.7 million. Opening in fourth place was Firestarter with 3.8 million. In 5th place was Everything Everywhere All at Once with 3.3 million for a total of 47.1 million. And in 6th place was The Secrets of Dumbledore with 2.4 million for a total of 90 million. So for Doctor Strange it looks like a not so good word of mouth is slowing down the legs for the film. It had a 67% drop compared to its opening weekend which is not great compared to other MCU films and is on the higher side of a drop. Now, this could be word of mouth, but it could also be due to people not wanting to be spoiled. People rushed out last weekend to see it as soon as possible, and now that is the case. So it could be a bit of both, it could be one or the other. Uh, But it still has some time before Top Gun comes out. Uh, But if the legs don't stabilize next weekend, 400 million is looking less likely. For the one new release this weekend, Firestarter, well, it kind of just went to shit, didn't it? (laughs) The Universal film had bad critic reviews, poor word of mouth, and was also a hybrid release also coming out on Peacock at the same time. I will say for marketing of the film, it was bad. It mostly focused on the main character, when they should have focused more on Zac Efron as the father, as he is more marketable. The Secrets of Dumbledore will likely fail to hit 100 million at this rate. Yes, it is at 90 million now, so only 10 million to go, but when Top Gun comes out, it'll lose the rest of the screens more or less. So I don't see it making $10 million in the next two weeks. Now taking a look at China, where things are still quiet. The bad guys stayed in first place with $3.9 million for a total of $19.1 million. In second place was Stay With Me with $1.7 million for a total of $19.7 million. Third place was Man on the Edge with $1.3 million for a total of $17.1 million. And fourth place was The Secrets of Dumbledore with $1 million for a total now of 24.7 million. Lastly, in fifth place is Hotel Transylvania Transformia with 800,000 for a total of 13.9 million. One thing I have noticed is post Chinese New Year, when cities started to battle a new COVID wave, that the most successful a movie can be is between 20 to 30 million dollars. This is for both Chinese and Hollywood films. This might improve soon, as for Shanghai at least, the government has said restrictions will start to be reduced starting June 1st, and Universal confirmed Jurassic World Dominion will open there on June 10th. This means it'll open the same day it'll open in America and in other countries. Now, it's not clear yet if theaters in Shanghai will reopen by June 10th, but this could be the film the country theaters need right now to get people to come back and watch films again. We'll see. 
Finally, let's look at worldwide numbers. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness made another 83.5 million for a worldwide total of 688.1 million. Still solid numbers, and at this rate, a 900 million plus finish is guaranteed. But passing a billion is not a lock, and depending on next weekend numbers, it might be ruled out. The Secrets of Dumbledore made 3.9 million for a worldwide total of 376 million. At this rate, if the film actually does pass 400 million, it'll be because it's crawled its way there. The Bad Guys made 6.7 million for a total of 165.6 million worldwide. Firestarter did open in other markets this weekend, um, though it did not really make an impact, making 2.1 million for a worldwide opening weekend of 5.9 million. Yeesh. And the Northman is at 58.1 million, and the Lost City is at 170.3 million worldwide. Moving on from the box office numbers, let's go to new films in development at Warner Brothers. A new Oceans film is in development instead of it being a sequel to the last one, Oceans 8. Right now, the plan for this is to take place in the past, specifically 1960s Europe, and would star Margot Robbie. As for who would direct, no one is confirmed right now, but Jay Roche is looking into it. Should also be noted that Deadline is saying that the film is not greenlit just yet, so while the studio is trying to put it together, they could pull the plug on it at any moment. This could be a great film, to be honest. Setting in 60s Europe makes it stand out from the rest of the films. Margot Robbie's a great actress. Sounds like, you know, could work. The thing with the Ocean films, though, is that they are an ensemble crew, an ensemble cast, so we need to see who else they get for it. We have an update on the another film in the works at Warner Brothers, and that is Bong Joon-ho's next film, starring Robert Pattinson. Deadline has the exclusive on this, and that is the latest actors to sign on to the film, including Mark Ruffalo, uh, Tony Collette, and Naomi Aiki. I was already looking forward toward the film, but it's nice to see it's building up a solid cast. In a surprising sequel news, a sequel to Law Abiding Citizen is now in development. Not much is known about the film, but Kurt Wimmer is coming back to write the script for it, and Gerald Butler and Lucas Foster are coming back as producers. The first movie I thought was decent. A good watch, but nothing amazing. Not sure they thought now of all time, but why would they do a sequel and not earlier? As for the story, I would assume it'd be completely new characters and location. The, you know, considering how the first one ended, would be the easiest move. Also, it's not clear yet at this point if it's meant for a theatrical release or if it would be sold to a streaming platform. Another movie in development is at Universal where they bought the film package Shots, Shots, Shots. The package was a script written by Matt Mater and Kevin Burrows and stars Jason Momoa. It's an action comedy. Besides that, though, not much else is known about the film. And they now have to start finding a director and filling out the cast and all that work. Since we know very little, I can't really comment on it, but Jason Momoa in an action comedy does seem promising. Deadline has the exclusive on this, and that is a new film package up for sale at Cannes. What is it? Well, it's called The Hood, which will star Benedict Cumberbatch and directed by Paul Greengrass. The film is set during the Peasant Revolt in Old England, some of the 1300s, and Mr. Cumberbatch will star as a farmer who will become a leader during said revolt. We don't get a lot of period films during that time, so it has me interested. I'm curious, though, who is looking to buy it and how much they are asking for it. It being said around the 1300s cannot be cheap to produce. We've been talking about Neon the past few weeks, and while well, they bought the rights to another film, they have bought the North American rights to a horror film called Ein's Men, directed by Mark Jenkins. 
No word yet on when they are planning to release it. Searchlight Pictures also bought a film this week, buying the horror film Night Pitch, which stars Amy Adams and is directed by Marielle Heller. Searchlight paid $25 million for it and will be released straight to Hulu when it is done. Production begins in September. We did get some new trailers this week. First one is for 3,000 Years Longing, starring Idris Elba and Tina Swinton, and is directed by George Miller. It's being released by MGM and will come out at the end of August. The second film that got a trailer is Bros, which stars Billy Elcher and is the first romantic comedy from a film studio to focus on two gay men in a relationship. Hopefully it's good and does well at the box office. It comes out in September. Finally, in news in Hollywood, the Academy has reversed their rules for what qualifies to be nominated for the Oscars. During the pandemic, they allowed films to have digital screening rooms for members, as during a lot of the time, theaters were closed. That is now over, and for next year's awards to qualify, you have to release films for at least one week in theaters, and has to be in at least cities including New York, Los Angeles, Miami, Chicago, and Atlanta. The deadline for films to qualify is also going back to normal, with the end date being the last day of the year. Not too surprised, they changed the rules as so far this year we have had a more of a return to normalcy at the box office. It's still going to take time to go fully back to normal, but people have been going to see films more often and theaters have not had a shutdown. We start off VOD Premium with Netflix spending a bit of cash at Cannes. They've had a rough few weeks, but that has not stopped them from shopping at the festival. What did they buy? Well, Deadline is exclusively reporting that they bought Pain Hustlers, which stars Emily Blunt and will be directed by David Yates. I know you are just as surprised as I am that Yates is directing something not related to Harry Potter. As for how much they spent, they are looking at $50 million plus for worldwide rights to it. It will not be out for a while, though, as this was to buy the rights to the film, and production is set to start sometime in August. I wasn't sure I would be looking forward to this, but hearing it's going to be in the same vein as The Big Short, well, that changed my mind. I love The Big Short, so if there's anything close to it, it's on my list of things to watch. At HBO Max, we have a cancelled project, and that is the live-action Wonder Twins film. As for why, well, there are a few reasons. First, it's being reported that David Zalov has set a mandate going forward that any DC films being made must go to theaters first, then HBO Max. The Wonder Twins was set to go straight to streaming. Second, it was decided that it was a bit too niche, and the budget for the film was around $75 million. All of those elements together combined it into being cancelled. And while people might say this is penny-pinching, I agree with Salif on this. People these days do not know who the, what the Wonder Twins are. They don't. And with that being the case, spending $75 million on it is crazy. As for DC Films being theater first, I do wonder if that means Batgirl is heading to theaters as well when it comes out. It would make sense, as it's technically a Batman film, and while only a side character in the film, Michael Keaton is in it as Batman. That will get people to go see it in theaters. Like, if, if you're marketing The Flash as, hey, The Flash is teaming up with an alternate Batman, and that Batman is Michael Keaton, you'll then see him again in Batgirl. Like, I feel that's big enough to be a theatrical release. But we'll see. And final story for VOD Premium and Verity has exclusive on this. Uh, a new Daredevil show is in development at Disney+. Plus. Not much is known at this point besides the writers of the show being Matt Corman and Chris Ode. So... Not much info on the story, but I think it's safe to assume Charlie Cox would be coming back to play the role since he was just in Spider-Man No Way Home. I guess the main 
questions here is how violent will it be and will it stay street level with the story? Or now that it has full use of the MCU characters, will we see some cameos? Since they are just hiring the writers now, I'd expect this to be a 2024 show at this point. And that's it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. Sorry again about the delay, working to catch up on it. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.